From Bossier City, Louisiana, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. And welcome back to episode seven of the Grouch and the Brainstorm. My name's Mike, and I'm here today with Jen. Say hi, Jen. Hey, guys. Matt. Hey. Jill. Yellow. And as an added bonus, and this is not a bonus episode, we brought in Chris C. from the Koala Club. Hello. To sit in. Yeah, welcome, Chris. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. Um, so today, we are going to talk about step two, which in the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And we're going to give a little bit of our experience, strength, and hope with uh, coming to believe in that. So um, I think what we'll do is uh, we're going to open it up for uh, going around, but we're going to start this week with Jill and her a little bit of experience with coming to believe. Hit it, Jill. All right, let's talk about step two. So uh, step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could return us to sanity. I, well, first of all, I feel like there's um, there were so many things when I first read this that I was like, wait, hold up. First of all, you're saying I'm insane. Rude? Very, <laughs> I mean, hold rude. Up. Right. And and so that, that took you know, a little bit for me to get my head around because, uh, you know, I thought, I thought I really had things together, even though it, it, they so weren't. Um, and, and at that time, I'd learned that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Um, you know, sanity can also mean, mean many other things. But I was, I was insane. I'd been doing the same stuff for decades, and I just couldn't figure out what the problem was. I mean, like, no shit. Me neither. <laughs> like, the whole time, it was like, you know, Scooby-Doo mystery. It was it was me, and, and I was just shocked. Behind the mask. <laughs> right. And I... That was wild coming to that uh, that epiphany that it was me the whole time. But um, you know, the thing about this step, and this is where I almost started to panic. You know, due to my uh, lack of uh, faith or spirituality or pretty much anything in my life, is that I had to come to believe in a power greater than myself. Whoa, <laughs> what? And at that time, I didn't know what it was, and. I didn't even really know what I wanted it to be. And I had a great sponsor that was just like, you know, made me like kind of map out all the characteristics and qualities that I want to be, that I would want in my higher power. And I did that and she goes, there's your higher power. And I was like, what? You can do it just like that? Because I was literally thinking of like, you know, Mother Mary, Jesus, Buddha, I mean like people. And um, I didn't know you could just, like, create your own. But, I mean, of course, there's different aspects to my higher power and, and things that I've chosen. And, uh, that, and it really works for me. But what I also liked about this is that this isn't a definitive, um, like, seal of your higher power. It says, came to believe. It doesn't say, like, this is it you're set and um it's almost just like okay well you're on your way you know start practicing this because you're coming to believe in this deal um and step two is really early in recovery i mean at this point in my recovery i was still stuttering 
I stuttered for like weeks and weeks. I couldn't make sentences and I thought like something was seriously wrong with me. And at the same time, you want me to, to find a higher power. And um, I mean, at that point, I was willing to believe in something. I mean, I've always believed that there was something, something. I just didn't know what it was. And uh, I started at that time. That's when my, my counselor was like, Jill, you, you really need to start praying. And I was like, I mean, like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. And at that time, I was still like, I was very freaked out that I'd have panic attacks without my Xanax. And, um, you know, they stripped that of me, which uh, was rude. I didn't come there for Xanax. But um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. No hard feelings. I needed to get off that shit. So um, she goes, you can first start by surrendering. I was like, I don't really know what that means, but. I started praying for that. I started praying about the panic attacks, um, like big things. And those things started to change. And when I look back over, you know, what happened in, in my early recovery, those were really huge miracles to me. The fact that my panic attacks went away after almost 20 years of being sedated on Xanax, I just poofed gone. And, um, and that was big. That was really big. And so, I don't know. Like, I was scared to death at this point of my recovery. I didn't know what that step entailed, but I knew it enough to know, okay, I've identified what I want my higher power to be. I'm starting to pray, and I'm starting to surrender. And that's all I think I needed at that point. Because, of course, you grow spiritually, you know, throughout the steps. And, and when you grow, you know, when you go through the steps multiple other times, and every time that I've gone through the steps, I've been able to grow that much closer to my higher power. But this is the thing. Like, I don't feel like I'm insane anymore. And that's kind of wonderful. I know that I, w- I very well could go back to that if I don't practice, you know, the principles or practice the steps or uh, do the things I need to to stay spiritually fit. Is it just me or does anybody think that the steps just kind of like transform, like from when you first look at them and then as you do them over and over again, little words popped up, like twos and these that I missed. Absolutely. And and so this is a, a, it's very much a simple program, but it's for complicated people. And I can overthink and complicate the mess out of things. And so it's step two. I thought that I needed to know everything about God and I needed to Mm -hmm. know all, like have this concrete higher power and I needed to know the book, the, all of the Bible, from the meaning Genesis of life, to revelation to all of it, you know, and, and, and really, it's really simple. It's right there, but I missed it in the beginning. It is all I have to believe at this point that there is a God and I'm not him right? And, or, or it, or whatever that conception of everybody else's for me, it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, you know, at that point in my recovery, I was like, that's, it scared me so much because it said higher power in it. And to me, it was like, it said, you need to be a nun. Yeah. That's I, thought, it. I thought, okay, I'll do this going to meetings, <laughs> but I am not going to be at the Bible or the Baptist church reading the Bible. <laughs> Serious? Uh, that's what I thought. I, I panicked. Said, you know, I'm not going to be 
you know, in the worship group and all this other things. But, you know, for me, when I, the first time I attempted the steps, and this was, I wasn't even half measuring them. I was quarter measuring them at this point. But I was down into step three, and I was struggling with three. I didn't really have a grasp on two. And so what I have found, if I am struggling with two, then I haven't fully conceded that I am powerless um, over alcohol and that my life is unmanageable. I mean, a monkey could have seen my life and said, dude, your life is unmanageable, <laughs> but I couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because I was managing my own life. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, but, you know, I thought I could do such a better job than this sky fairy up in the, mm -hmm. because all he wanted to do was rain down fire and brimstone and smite me or, you know, send me to hell. So I thought. Right. But it's so cool how it works. It all works out in the end and all comes together and you're like, right you have this aha like yes it, it all comes together and you're like i see where we were going with this it was weird for me my dad was a pastor so i grew up in church my whole life so i had all this preconceived stuff that i had done away with in my head you know years of running around doing my own thing and what was so crazy was i go to treatment and i'm and i was in there a long time so a lot of time on your hands and when you've been in there repeating the program that they have for 30 days three times you know you're a slow learner you know like me <laughs> that's what happens but uh you know i started questioning we would do worksheets on one two and three you know we didn't actually do the steps but so it was it was on my mind and i remember talking to the techs that worked on the men's wing and two of them were pastors and they were both in recovery one of them had eight years one of them had about a year and a half and I was like, man, I grew up in church, you know, I'm, 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 you know, like y'all said, I'm not going to be a nun either. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing it. And uh, they went, dude, you're, you're way overthinking this, you know, and they were pastors from uh, religious, you know, that, that branch of the deal. And they were like, have you, have you actually ever like read anything in the Bible yourself or have you just been told stuff? And I was like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> so we would sit out there at you don't night. Know if you read the Bible. Well, I mean, I read it. Did but, you read it in a drawer? Uh, not maybe? read it. To, well, <laughs> I don't know. But but they, we would sit out there at night, the last hour or two before bed, and lights out, and we would sit and talk, you know, and we would go through that part really slow, and it was so simple. And they were like, "Dude, nobody's asking you to like. You're not Billy Graham. We get that, you know, but you can you can start to understand things that are going on, and it and it." Mine was so simple getting out that every day I went, here's how we're going to find out if there is a power grader because I've been using and drinking for 25 years and I've screwed everything up and I haven't gone one day without doing those things. So the more days in a row when I get up and say, please help me not to do this today and I don't do them, there was, there was the power greater than myself. It was shown to me because I went, there's no other explanation because it's not me. And that developed from there and it was just that simple starting out and saying thank you at the end of the day so i love how the even the steps are secular you know um because at step two it says by coming to believe in a power greater than myself i'm restored to sanity but by the time i'm d get down to step 10 those step 10 promises like come in oh yeah and it's and it's, I can flip step two around at step 10 and say, by coming to believe in a power greater than myself, I have been restored to sanity. I know that we're not on step 10, but I love how it, like you said, it kind of all 
ties in together and it's kind of like I have to take all 12 of them to fully get that and I can't do the one two three out or one two okay what's God's will let's go to Google and then you know take 15 months to do a four step um that didn't really work for me yeah. I wasn't allowed to take that <laughs> are long are you speaking from personal clock. experience okay, I wasn't it wasn't 15 months. it might have been like four oh, okay and then, then that was yeah but you know if you ever does anybody ever pull out their first step work their I, written I stuff with, with, and like crack yeah. up laughing at how just i've done it with sponsees and i think they go i have one right now and 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 i was like dude i do the same stuff i'm asking you to do and i explained them i've done the exact same stuff you're writing down i've written down and like usually along the way with one of them i'll bring in one of my steps and go and throw it on the table and they go oh that's exactly what i'm doing and i go yes sir it's done and yes they are silly because I, I mean Ooh. my first four step like the, i was like cleaning out my room or something i just <laughs> like felt and then of course i got distracted and you know i'm sitting there cracking up laughing at this crap for hours but you know that's the miracle in that self too is it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. The right. change no. that takes place in your life yeah. in recovery mm-hmm. change, when you know? allow a higher power to come in and restore you to right. sanity. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. It's, uh, it is funny. I mean, I pull them out, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, what was I doing? You know, and it wasn't that long ago. but Or what was I? Th- or how clueless was I? Yeah. But, you know, that book, those steps, they grow as I grow. Like, they change. And I see words that I never saw before. Somebody you know, with a little bit more recovery that knows the book better than me, points out a word, and then it really makes, it stops me and makes me, you know, re-question my whole thought process. And But at the end of the day, it's not what I think that book means. It's not what I think that step means. It's what did the author intend for it to mean. So I need to go back and research or link up with somebody that knows the book better than me or like a sponsor or, you know, read some of the other literature to kind of see where what angle he was going at with some of that stuff this is uh funny you brought this up because i do this sometimes and this is not even this guy wouldn't even i wouldn't even say i was his sponsor but he's just a dude that i've known and he's he's got special needs i'll put it that way he's not all the way there but he tries in his own way to do what he can and uh so what we do is gratitude list and when he gets kind of he doesn't really you'd have to know him but he's not he's not all there mm-hmm. but we do gratitude lists well we we did them for a few years and he'd go oh and he'd be griping and i go hey dude do do write a gratitude list write three things you're happy for so he would text me he still does it today and we don't even see each other that much and he texted me one the other day i was having a rough day and he writes like a little kid he's 40 years old yeah. and he wrote learn to make a pizza in the microwave today <laughs> <laughs> didn't burn it too bad it was good actually can That's you what, burn was, one in the microwave yeah i mean yeah, i don't can. know how you got one in the microwave but it just microwave. it just was like i was like oh that's and i hang on to that stuff well you they know? have those frozen pizzas that come you know like the little ones, or like something. the personal ones yeah. i don't know he was just glad he didn't destroy it and he's so, grateful for that yeah, yeah. and so, i mean simple things you know well, There's I mean, a, it's another... just coming to believe is, is sure. quite yeah. simple it's whatever you believe yeah I'm you grateful just have for, to come to believe it i'm grateful for pizza as well we all are yeah. i don't know mine was that uh, mine was that good orderly direction though. i had a hard yeah. time uh with that because i had shared in a meeting the other day that uh you know god was up there somewhere like with santa claus yeah. right so you know i stopped getting president at a pretty early age you know so when i when i felt like i was getting punished i felt like you know maybe i 
it's because I wasn't worthy enough. Um, but uh, but for me coming into the rooms of AA after treatment, because in treatment we didn't have we didn't have any representation from AA and and didn't really know a whole lot about AA uh, or any other groups that could that could help out uh, as like an aftercare program. And so, you know, coming into the rooms and just listening, you know, and and Joe said it best, you know, like you can, uh, you know, he was, he was he wasn't really comparing church versus whatever just he was directing it towards newcomers and it said you know in aa you're just going to hear just keep coming back you know you could go to church and tell them you robbed six banks you know but uh you go to aa and you tell them you only robbed five on the way there they will keep coming back Mm -hmm. you know and so you know that kind of stuff you know stuck with me but after after you know that good orderly direction of the rooms of alcoholics anonymous i was able to come to believe um, and, and, it, and it's great. It just gets better and better every so, day. So, Do you have any sponsees yet? Not yet. Not so, yet. I'm a, I'm, I'm, this is not to put you on the spot by no means. Uh, when you get to step two with your sponsees, where in the big book do you think you're going to discuss that? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think it's something – I know that's something I'll have to sit down with my sponsor on. And, and I've got a feeling, you know, whenever that time does come, you know, my first couple of sessions with my sponsee is going to happen with my sponsor. Direction of sponsor. Just to make sure that, you know, we're on the same beta path. Well, the reason, the reason I ask that, you know, steps 3 through 12 are basically lined out in the big book. Yeah. You know, and they're in italics out to the side, you know, or they're in italics, and I wrote out to the side, one, two, three, you know. So they're very clearly defined. But step one and step two are not clearly no. defined. And, you know, step step two words, the way it is worded is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. It doesn't say came to believe in a power greater than ourselves. Right. So a lot of times we take we agnostics the book you know the chapter we agnostics and and that's where we get step two and and i heard a speaker two weeks ago you know talk about exactly that you know well we're step two in the big book and he he reads a a paragraph or a sentence and and that is his definition of where step two is and and we probably all do that because up until recently that's exactly where i would go you know is to this exact paragraph that this 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 gentleman had to say right but we're not trying to convince somebody there's a power greater than ourselves. We agnostics is is basically written for those folks who just don't know, you know, maybe don't believe or they just don't know. But then there's the the part in the step that says came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, right? So I think if I'm going to come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity, I probably already need to believe in that power. That is something that I already need to have, you know, is that. So, you know, talk about overcomplicating a really simple step, you know, but I, I've, I've since went back and, and thought more about step two. And I will probably continue, you know, with my guys as far as the direction and let them, their spiritual guidance, take them wherever they want to go. But, you know, it says in the big book, and I've got the chapter pulled up here, you know, but this, and this is where I always do step two right here in, in We Agnostics, where it says we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? You know, I, I had the opportunity to lead the steps in, in the half past five step study, and I, you know, just did step two, and I noticed in We Agnostics, that a lot of it is, it's, it's evidence of not 
You have to believe in a higher power, but it is just willingness was enough. And there was a lot of evidence of the first, you know, the founders and the first 100, their, their experience of, even if you know little about God or you don't know anything about God, just being willing was sufficient. And that's my experience with me and with, with other people is like, that just sort of starts that journey. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know what Mike's saying, but also I think most people come in here and you say G-O-D word and they just freak out. They're like, I'm out, you know? Yeah. And for, for a lot of people that I've talked to, I've asked the same thing with them. And uh, that almost, it starts the process of, of that. And by the time they're wrapping up the steps, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I'm actually have some type of spiritual thing going on here you know so, so like my my sponsor it brought it up best to me when we were you know he started talking about faith and willingness to believe right and and it, specifically with this he he told me you know well you know we can't see the inside of our organs right so we can't see that blood is going to the organs and you know you pump into the heart and you're able to wrong you're, organ man you're able to you're what well, you see you see that you're seeing all that right but you know if we can't see that we just have enough faith and willingness to believe that that all that stuff is working so that we're able to sit here and talk and breathe and, and do the things that we do. And it was the same thing with taking that leap and, and, and that willingness to believe that there was a power, a power greater than myself. And so that really, really opened my eyes up. And when you put it in that perspective, you know, it, it just, it was night and day. It's like, oh, light bulb clicked. Well, it's like, Jill, it's like you said about your panic attacks mm-hmm. that just quit. Yes. You haven't had them. No, I haven't had one since I got sober. Isn't that weird? And then you, it's, it's just a coincidence that. I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, you know what I mean, though? Like, I'm, I'm doing that in quotations, but I mean, like. Yeah, yeah. That's funny how that works, well, you know? Well, the, you know, the biggest evidence is how many, I mean, there's five of us sitting at this table. We've got multiple years combined, and not one of us has taken a drink mm-hmm. since sure. we picked up the desire to. There was nothing more evident started. to me than me not drinking and using every day. That's pretty much, uh pretty much a given yeah that that i mean that's one of the first things that caught me and i, I already had a power greater than myself when i came into the rooms i just had a hard time believing i, I didn't connect the dots you know that well power greater than myself what's that got to do i got a drinking problem you know i, I don't you know I, I couldn't connect those dots i had to come to believe that. there's a whole lot of other people that know me that are more believers than god because of my situation than even i am yeah. you know they're like there has to be one because so, this is a miracle so what do you yeah what do you do when um somebody comes in and they're you know for um i'm just this is an example somebody comes in and jesus is their best friend they're jesus freak and, and you tell them okay that's great but that's going to be your solution like how do you you know how do you connect the dots like you were saying? Well, I mean, basically, um, it was put to me. I wasn't you know I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Jesus freak, but um, I was very well you know I believed you know and had no doubt whatsoever. And basically, my sponsor just said, "Hey man, th- what you're going to have to do is is build a better relationship with whatever it is you know mm-hmm. with Jesus or God or whatever it is. You're going to have to build a better relationship because what you're doing ain't working." Mm-hmm. And right. and and he was very right. You know, I was thinking when I first got in there, I was thinking that I was going to have to change higher powers. You know, take because I read, you know, I would hear things like our old ideas had to be smashed or take out, you know, take the conception of God that is that you want and you know all these things that go completely against how I was raised 
And I was thinking that I was going to have to just completely throw out my old doctrine, which I was not willing to do. I was Seems actually contradictive, huh? I was really, I was actually was willing to continue life outside of AA and try not to drink white knuckling it before I would be willing to give that up. And you know, I'll I'll go back, but but when I got married the first time, you know, my my wife was Catholic, and it was a real big deal for me to convert. And you're talking about high school sweetheart and the whole fixing to build a family, the whole nine yards. I refuse to convert. I, I would not give up my, my personal beliefs, and nor would I today for anything. You know, I come in AA, and it, again, I complicate a very simple matter. Come to find out, I don't have to do anything except for take what I've got and make it better. Build on it because God ain't gone nowhere. He, he's been the exact same spot since... I've been out there doing my stuff. You know, I'm the one that has came and gone. I just got to come to believe. And I got all that information from a Catholic priest on a uh, on a YouTube video. Was it Father Martin? I'm the thinking I'm thinking it was, but I I, I got I got all of that information from a Catholic priest. And and I and again, I was not Catholic and refused to be Catholic, you know. And for a long time I identified as Catholic. Even though I'm, I wasn't Catholic, it was just easier to identify as Catholic because when you bring up uh, Pentecostal, you get a a certain um, uh, antipathy maybe from from your your guests, <laughs> your, your friends. <laughs> hey, I'm Pentecostal. Let's go streaking down the gymnasium. You know what I mean? Where's the snakes? Yeah, <laughs> that's the way you hear that. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a gentleman. He's gone to the Fellowship of the Spirit, but you know. Um, he was Pentecostal, and he was hardcore on that doctrine, but he begged and begged me for me to go to church with him. And, and you know, for the longest time, content prior to investigation, I refused. I'm like, no. And finally, I was like, okay, I'll go. But they get out snakes, and uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. And I went, and it it was really no different than going to a Baptist church or any other. Just. They started speaking in a weird language, some of them. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. But, you know, I get it now. Um, but Well, that's a, a good example. I'm glad you brought that up. Because no matter what anybody visiting that church thinks, those people, especially that one speaking in that language, has came to believe. Exactly. Exactly. They came to believe that whatever it is that they believe, they believed, and therefore cannot be uh, changed. And and as the step is asking me, I'm coming to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to a period of time when a drink was not the first thing I thought about. It's not necessarily, you know, if, if you look at, at the term, if you Googled AA insanity, if you Googled it right now, you're going to get three or four different things. And one of those things is being perfectly sober, physically, being physically sober and picking up that first drink. So what I'm doing is is I'm asking this higher power to restore me to a time where drinking wasn't something I thought about all the time. And that goes back even more into the book of We Agnostics where it says lack of power was our dilemma. And we had to find a power by which we could live that would solve all of our problems. And I didn't have the power to not drink. I just didn't. So I had to come to believe that this power that was bigger than me, that I've always believed in, was going to restore me to a, a state of where 
a drink just wasn't my go-to. It wasn't a great idea, you know, you know, after a bad day, you know, talking to a sponsor is really not that bad of a thing after a bad day. You know, I mean, getting drunk was always a bad thing, right? Maybe even listening to a sponsor every once in a while, still not a bad thing. But getting drunk, no matter how we look at it, is never a good thing. And the insanity for me was I was always thinking about a drink. And that's insane because I knew how bad that drink was going to do me. It just, I ain't never had a drink do me right, man. I haven't. I just, yep. I got a long history of drinking or I probably wouldn't be sitting here in front of this microphone with <laughs> with you guys, you know. And, I, and none of them have ever just done me right. So that's where that insanity comes from. And I'll take it up a notch. That can be anything. It can be alcohol. It can be, it can be anything. Anything, anything, anything that changes the way that I feel. Yeah. yeah. Or or just anything. Period. I mean, I'm a I'm a workaholic. I mean, I you know I know that I, I've never <laughs> never done the steps on it, but um, but, but I, you know I don't I don't go to work and screw up everybody's lives either. But you know if 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 I really and truly think that maybe it's time for me to step away from that because that's my go to, you know I'm more comfortable there than I am here. And it, it may be it may be more than just drinking or working or shopping or eating or whatever it is, right? It it is I can believe this power is gonna restore me to sanity and it is. And you know, whether or not you gotta apply all twelve steps to this situation, that's completely between you and, and your higher power, your sponsor, whatever, you know. But I do know that there's more in my life that I would consider insane, maybe not today. But there's more in my life that I would consider insane than I would um, just drinking. You know, drinking was just a symptom for me. You know, and I, I don't know about anybody else, but it was just a symptom for me. And once I got down to the to the root causes, you know, that higher power helped that symptom, you know. But all I had to do was come to believe. And it didn't matter if Matt believed it. It didn't matter. You know, I'm not here to portray an image of someone who believes, but... I've sponsored people who didn't, okay? Sponsored people who just absolutely would not accept the God idea. But they had to accept an idea, you know? And if I'm thinking about this really, really well, if I get thrown in jail for, let's just say, 10 years, and I don't accept the fact that the court system is a higher power, and they're putting me there for physical and mental rehabilitation to restore me to sanity... I'll probably get out in 10 years and go exactly back to what I'm doing. Do the same thing. But if I go to jail and go, power greater than myself, stuck me in here, let me give it a whirl at what these guys have to offer, I'm liable to get out of jail 10 years later and be a rehabilitated human being. I'm not willing to test that theory. This just doesn't sound fun, you know. But um, but I'm, you see where I'm going with that. It's just coming to believe that it's, it's an attitude change. It's an for me. It was an attitude change in in a higher power and what they, what the purpose of that higher power was, you know. Because up until then, it was like uh, Chris was talking about, you know, gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> I didn't get any of it, and you know, well, that ain't working. Let me move on to the to the next best thing. So, gimme, gimme, gimme a drinking problem. You yeah. know, oh, I got it. Yeah, worked out. <laughs> worked out horrible. Yeah, for me, um, I loved how, you know, God removed the desire to drink for me early on. But then I was left with the real problem. Me? And 
like the me part. Yeah. 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 The real mm-hmm. problem was me sitting in that chair and without getting into the 12 steps or the, the rest of the steps, I had no solution to me. So I'm still managing my own life. My alcoholism just starts manifesting in other ways and other things. And I'm still trying to fix me with me. And that just didn't work. And if it did, if it would have worked, I wouldn't have needed Alcoholics Anonymous. I wouldn't continue to need Alcoholics Anonymous. So it's the drink. Yes, for sure is a symptom of the problem. And some people, I I feel like they're like, well, I'm never going to drink again. And I'm like, well, you still need Alcoholics Anonymous because... You're the problem. I'm the problem. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. You know, we, we often, often, in ever, whenever we get in, especially when we join a new group, and which is rare for most of us. And you know, Chris, obviously, this is probably new, but you know, in in every group you get in, you have that same cast of characters, and you have the same roundabout discussions over and over over the course of time and recovered a lot of versus recovery. recovered versus recovery yeah. is one that i've yeah. you know and, and i've seen them waste a good 30 minutes of a meeting splitting hairs over what's recovered versus versus recovery you know and to be quite honest with you i, I have recovered from alcoholism the big book tells me that it a, does a hopeless state of mind and body but i have not recovered from mike right. which was the problem to begin with and hopefully I never will because, uh, well, that's just not, you know, the probably solution. Probably stop coming back. <laughs> well, know? probably stop going anywhere once I recover completely. <laughs> Numbchucks and, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. And, and, and you know, the numbchuck problem, well, that's a whole nother, <laughs> another episode. We'll have to, you know, my, my addiction to numbchucks came about in the early 80s whenever, you know, Bruce Lee was still alive. But, you know, we won't have to talk about that. But, but you do, you hear those things, the splitting hairs. I had a guy, though, tell me. Now, he didn't tell me. He told us in a meeting. He was an old-timer. And he said, you know, I can walk out of my house and uh, stand it on the front porch, and I can get shot. And that bullet go into my body, tear me up, you know, and I go to the doctor, and they, uh, they, they fix me up. They heal me. And after six, eight weeks, maybe a few months, I'm completely recovered from that gunshot wound. But it doesn't mean I can't get shot again. And, you know, when he said that, Obviously, you still have your naysayers in there and just whatever, whatever. But, uh, you know, it, it is one of those things. But how we got off on that subject, I don't know. But what the one thing that I find whenever I visit with my sponsees is that we have to get across, because this is what that Catholic priest got across to me, is coming to believe that that power is going to restore me to sanity and that I can't. He's not He's not going to come in and say, I tell you what, I'm going to be here until you can figure this out by yourself, and then I'm out of here. I got the next drunk to work with. Mm-hmm. He still restored me to sanity today. He still is, is, is in that, you know, that's, it's that relationship with that higher power that keeps me sober. You know, meetings are great. This is great. What we're doing right here, you know, sponsorship is great. But when I lose that relationship with that higher power, well, all bets are off. So. Well, and the thing about it, you know, going back to what you said about recovered versus recovery, I have recovered from that hopeless state of mind and body, but I'm still sitting here with the quote unquote phenomenon of craving the allergy to alcohol. So as if somebody was highly allergic to peanuts, they don't sit around obsessing about eating yeah. jars of peanut butter, you know, and, and, and the alcoholic 
whether we know we have the allergy or not, I'm still without the aid of a higher power obsessed with, I know the shit's going to kill me, but I still continue to drink it. And I can't tell you why. I still think that I'm going to, okay, well, this time I'm going to drink water and do push-ups in between the shots, or I'm not going to drink shots, or, you know, I'm going to, you know, whatever things that I did so I wouldn't get annihilated. But I got annihilated every time. And then, boy, we forget. My forgetter was broke. Three days later, I'm like, well, I'm never drinking again. Just goes back to that rationalization. Five o'clock, you know. Here we go again. Now that guy, that guy at that speaker meeting a couple weeks ago. I mean, he and I don't, I don't, Matt. I don't think you were there, but I mean, he, he talked about you know, you sit down at the bar and you have that drink that you know you ain't supposed to have, and then all of a sudden, you change your mind. We call it phenomenon of craving. We call it whatever we want to call it. You know these big wordy words, but you change your mind. I'll just have two. Okay, I'll have five. Mm. Okay, I'll have you know. And then after a while, you're you know, f it. Mm. I'll just you know. And then you're pounding on the bar trying to figure it out. But you just change your mind, you know. And the phenomenon of craving. I mean, I believe my my personal belief. And, and this is after many trips over to bed and breakfast over there. I personally believe that the alcohol has altered my mind physically in a state to where I cannot safely have alcohol because if I had alcohol, my mind would physically crave it. And once it craves it, my attitude that I currently have towards alcohol, which is I can't drink it, you know, step one, would change. And then it's off to the races. And um, and then, of course, do it all over again, hopefully, provided I can get back. I'm sure I can't physically um, handle the amount of liquor that I could handle back whenever I stopped. And uh, But I do. I believe that that's a good, you know, it's not a disease in the sense that I get a special parking sticker. Nope. <laughs> we all should. We should. Well, we should. Yeah, you could get Sky Miles, man. If I had yeah. Sky Miles for all the liquor I drank, I would... Oh, Lord. We make, we make a lot of trips. I was thinking the other day. If, Call it if, jet if, fuel. If <laughs> drinking built muscles, you and I would be like Mr. Even, and Mrs. Mrs. Olympia by now. I wouldn't be over here trying to well, yeah. imitate Matt. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what me and Matt thought we had going on when we got here. Apparently, it didn't work out for us in the muscle building sense. But. You know, all that all that being said, and uh, I was telling Mike and Chris this right before we get on there, but and this doesn't happen that much that today. But I have a friend, he's been on this podcast that works with me. He was in the office this afternoon. I've been dealing with an employee issue that's been going on for a while. And this guy pulled something this afternoon, real sneaky. And he's been doing that for a while. And uh, I went to 100. I mean, it just was like flipping a switch, you know. And I don't do that very much. And this person in the program was sitting at the other desk beside me. And as my phone flew across the office (laughs) from from hanging up with this person he uh he uh the other person never looked up because <laughs> he's used to my shenanigans you know but uh i said i'm gonna, I'm gonna walk outside for just a minute and we have a big trash can out there and i, I like to kick that trash can a lot when i'm <laughs> alone just big plastic trash can get it out you know and i didn't kick i'm envisioning office space where they're they the crap out of the I printer mean, <laughs> you know 
I have fifty percent of the staff is in Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. so that tell you right there. But I walked outside, didn't kick the trash can. I looked at it and I just said a little prayer and I went, you know, I got to breathe a little bit and stood there for a second and I said, I think I'm gonna call my sponsor. I didn't react with the employee, you know, he left and then I did that after it was just me and the other guy in there. But uh, he um, he when I walked back in. The other guy sitting there, program guy, and he goes, man, sounds like somebody needs to call their sponsor. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I'm going to do, dude. You know, like, I got chastised a little bit. And uh, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. He goes, why don't you just go ahead and leave now, and then you'll have plenty of time to talk to him. <laughs> I was like, Surprising okay, until they, you put a rock in your scared that other person, right. you know. Put but uh, Drop the rock. <laughs> but, but all that being said, I, I did call him. I talked to him on the way here. Um, and when I hung up, I went, you know, all that – all that that went on, the old me, drinking never came into my mind. Was I aggravated? Yes. Did it last very long? No. Did it almost cost me an iPhone? Yes, it did. I almost broke that one. I thought it would have broke. <laughs> but all that being said, there is some progress there because the old days, I'd have burned it to the ground. Instead, 15 minutes, pretty go. well over it. Progress, on. not perfection. Progress. <laughs> progress you know? higher power. And I having that little guy with the beard beside me going, hey, man, call your sponsor, you know? <laughs> Like, thanks, buddy. It's kind of yeah. like mm-hmm. the conscious people, you know, like. It really mm-hmm. is, though. You devil's know? advocate. And the, right. Well, and God doing for us. You know, I walked outside, and I kind of just said a prayer and went, you, you need to calm down, dude. Like, you, you know, and just catching my breath. And I was already calming down, but I was like, yeah, I need to call Bobby. And I walked back in. It was right at the end of the day. And, I mean, as soon as I did, he said that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it, God. Did you ever? You, know, you don't have to tell this guy to tell me to. Did you ever ask yourself what, what your part of it was? Yes, I did. I did. Couldn't come up with nothing. Uh, well, I was told to take two days and think about that before I respond with this person. So, but uh, they're gonna forget all about it within two days. Nah, well, they're not gonna get to because they the they're in the wrong on this. This isn't something I did. Uh, this was something they chose to do. They've been doing over and over again, and it's not really anything I did. Uh, but they're kind of forcing my hand on it. So, uh, I was told to take forty eight hours and calmly deal with it instead of how i would like to it's ironic you brought that up though like you know did you take the time yeah. to figure out what your part in it was and that that again for me that's all higher power because, yeah that's god restoring you know, us to I, I, I did not have that when i was drinking i did not i was going to get my point across i didn't i didn't care what my part in it was like you were wrong and if I was ever going to admit that I was right, you may as well hook me up to an oxygen tank and, you know, throw me in the hospital bed because I was not admitting. Even if I knew I, or had an inclination I was in the wrong, there's no way I was admitting that. But you can you can do that. I can do that today. Well, and yeah. this, this particular situation, I'm this guy's boss, but I have an owner that I work for. And so this situation had already been cleared up with the owner and myself the day before, and we were both in agreement on it. Well, this guy didn't like that answer. So he chose to go to the owner with a sob story, and then the owner didn't bother telling me that the situation had changed. And this fellow just walked in and told me, you're going to do this, and walked out and shut the door. Yeah. You probably should have gave him a hug. That only happens to me 30 or 40 times a day. The owner called me because that's how I found my phone because it was on the other side of the office under the coffee thing. And uh, when it was ringing and he said, I know what we talked about. I changed my mind. <laughs> I know you're pissed. That was the te- actually he sent me a text and uh, he goes, uh, "I just need you to help me out on this." And I was like, "Okay." 
That's all I texted. But. Well, sometimes our only part in anything is just letting it get to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, giving, and, it, giving somebody what it... <clears throat> or reacting. Yeah. Well, yeah. bingo. Which, that would... God bless. <laughs> I, uh... Well, and, and you know, too, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, you know, you the old me would have just... It would have been a big confrontation. I didn't say anything. He left. And then I'm sitting in the office, you know, with my buddy but nobody else well think about our our society we live in right since let's just say since i don't know the 1800s and and some of the things that we entertain like entertain us you know whether it be the topic of a book or the topic of a movie or you know heaven forbid in the 1700s the topic of a painting but a lot of those things are those emotions that get to our very core and that's why they're so successful. That's why people spend part of their hard-earned money on this form of entertainment is because it is some of these things that get to our very core. And, you know, we have a, we have a really good advantage in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous because some of these things that affect, I don't know, six, seven billion other people on the planet, they don't us. We don't have those luxuries. You know, we... We have to live on a whole nother plane. And boy, that just sounds deep as shit, doesn't it? But, it does. But in all honesty, we have to live on a different plane. Our life is not a movie. Our life is not a song. We're not going for that. We, you mean it's not for real? Well, I mean, it can be, I guess. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been like, you, you put on your headphones or earbuds nowadays, and you're running through the neighborhood or jogging through, the, or at the gym, Chris, I'll yeah. use, you know. Yeah, and yeah. You, and you, whatever's None going on. Stuff. You, everything that's going on in those earbuds, you know, you're listening to Welcome to the Jungle, and they're getting after it on there, right? And you're running through. And you, for some reason, you think all these other people are, are listening to your music you know <laughs> ah look i'm the coolest shit in the world they hear slash playing in the background then they're not you know right right and and you know and, and it takes it takes being grounded in a power greater than yourself to realize that um that is my problem whatever it is and i've got to have god help me fix it because it has upset me mm-hmm it's gotten to that point where it's disturbed me. I think we call it on paper. When I am disturbed. Yeah. And to backtrack on that, what you said, you know. Did I'm I not getting on to you, in No, 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 I know. But but you're right on that. I do I do look into that these days, you know. And that was part of the let's wait 48 hours before oh, yeah. we address the situation because I want to review it all the way up through my mind and the things that have happened and go, Where'd I go wrong? Where'd I go right? And I never did that in the past. Oh, that's um, my experience waiting at least 24 hours and praying. And I wake up with a whole different perspective, and the old me would just react out of instinct. And then now I'm creating more problems and more, you know. But, I mean, half the time I wake up and I'm like, that's the dumbest shit I could have thought mm-hmm. in my entire life. This is the dumbest. <laughs> like, I have sit here and squandered all this time, all this emotion on dumb shit. Yeah, and it's, it's weird. Not calling no, 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 it's, <laughs> it, And, you know, if it, was a, if it was a personal thing where it's like, hey, I'll just walk off, you know, on the street or somebody I knew. But with it being a business deal and you have to deal with that person as an employee – it becomes the lines get a little blurred and it's like, where does my behavior need to be here? Ego aside, you know? And so, and Bobby's right, man. He knows me too. He's like 48 hours, man. So I'm good with it. 
about how about, you, you mentioned going from zero to a hundred, you know, like how often would you say, you know, versus going back and looking at, you know, prior to being in recovery now to, you know, uh, I'll give you a good example uh, about two years before I went to treatment. Um, I, I'm in, I'm in the lawn care business, right? And this was back in the day. And, uh, I'm in some state of intoxication. I don't know what. It's the middle of the day, and I've got a bunch of crews working, and my mower slid off a property into a ditch, and it got stuck, which is pretty common. He usually just waved one of the other guys. We got a strap, pull us out. Well, this guy was also in a state of intoxication. He also was a pleasant fellow like myself. <laughs> y'all, are, y'all are both at work in a state of intoxication. Oh, I'm oh, crew. I had <laughs> two, I had, I had two <laughs> trucks running, in the, and it was – you, know, you remember that van guy, that uh, Cheech and Chong drove with yeah. the smoke and the cop? Yeah. Yeah. Up in smoke. Oh, yeah. I had two of those pulling grass trailers. But um, I was down in the ditch, and the guy pulled up. And for whatever reason, instead of just hooking it up, he looked down and said, you dumb MF. And that was all it took. And I went up the hill and headbutted him right in the nose, <laughs> broke his nose, and he went to the emergency room. And my little helper was standing beside me, and he goes, what just happened? And I was like, he got his nose broke. And, yeah, that's how fast that happens. <laughs> And then I had to go apologize to him because my wife at the time was like, you're a butthole. You need to go up there and tell him you're sorry. So oh, I had to go up there shit. and he had popsicle sticks in his nose. I'm like, I'm sorry. So, Your wife made you tell him? She was giving me a guilt trip. And higher I power. Bad. Higher power. No. Not a higher power because court separated that power. You know, the judge said we don't, you know, yeah. But, I like uh, that you have incorporated the pause. Yes, it's, it's important. Been a big deal for Mind me. the gap. Yeah. yeah, I didn't pause at all long enough to step off that mower. I paused for about five steps is how long it took me. Yeah, I mean, just just, just totally no thought at all. And that's how I lived my life for a long time. So, so Chris, how long do you I, – I, and the reason I ask this is because I know you had an incident yesterday, and we don't have to talk about it on the air. But, I mean, you know, we can if we, if we need to. <laughs> we had something, you know. well, something that got up under Chris's crawl yesterday. Yeah. You know, how long, do you, how long do you hang on to that? Uh, and I, 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 up until the meeting, really, about thirty minutes prior to the meeting. But I've, I festered on that for, uh, for, for probably a, a good five hours. So, you know what Mike's talking about is, uh, and I don't want to go too, too heavily in details. But uh, you know, I live out there on the base, and I, I took all the kids to the pool. Got three girls and a boy. Y'all, y'all seen them all. And uh, we get to the pool, and I notice some some human feces in the male restroom. And uh, it's sitting in front of the stand-up urinal. And then my girls go into the, the, the women's restroom, and there's, you know, human feces kind of spread all over the, the toilet seats. And so they, they take pictures, and they send it to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I posted it on uh, this little Facebook page, right? That, that's, that's confirmed it was human. Oh, it was definitely okay. human. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't get close enough to, you know, yeah. test it, but no, it was you, definitely you human. You taste it? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the smell was, you know, was bad enough. But but anyway, so I posted it on this page well, just to human. kind of bring awareness and, uh, you know, let uh, parents know, hey, you know, pay attention to your children kind of deal. And this uh, this, this woman got on there and, and, and called me a pervert and asked me why I was in the women's restroom and called me an asshole for being in there. And I'm like, grow up. You know, like I, I've got 
three daughters, you know, so I had to make that very apparent right off the get go, you know, um, but she was like, you know, you're just a, you're just going to sit here and post it, you piece of shit. And I'm just like, wow. But I, I did, I let that fester. And, and the old me, and I shared this in the meeting last night, the old me, uh, would have, would have found out where she lived and, and probably would have taken a dump in her driveway and probably slung it like a monkey, you know, right across her, you know, probably the front of her doorstep. But, uh, but I did. I let that stuff fester. Um, and then by the time I got to the meeting and we're talking about it, I was like, I mean, was it really worth it? You know? And I did. I called. I tried calling my sponsor. And, as mad uh, as you were at the meeting last night, the rest of us <laughs> giggled pretty good at it. I mean, that's the story. I know you weren't feeling it. But. And, and I had, had was completely prepared to walk into the men's bathroom at the club and, <laughs> and you know, play a prank. And then Chris was in there. I mean, <laughs> God doing for me what I couldn't do for me. I probably would have went from zero to a hundred had I went in that restroom and and at the club. You know, it, yeah. I think it does though, man. I think like we're we got Mike and I interviewed Bobby last night, my sponsor, and yeah, good interview. Bonus episode. Yeah, good interview. And the biggest thing for Bobby for me is he's totally not that I know that he can get irritated with stuff. Believe me. But he handles it a lot better than I do. <laughs> and most of the time, you'll never know that he's irritated. And so when they say, you know, look for a sponsor with somebody that has something you want, I want to be able to keep myself in control, <laughs> even if other people, you know what I mean? Right. It, it, to the point other people aren't aware of it. And I've gotten a lot better with that. And most of that is him going, let's wait a week and talk about it. And I go, no, I want to do it right, <laughs> right now. Right okay, now. Well, then we'll wait two weeks. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> has anybody ever had a situation where you – you paused. You didn't react. And then the situation, like, it actually went complete 180 where it totally, like, whereas the person on the other end ended up apologizing yeah. and coming sure. to make sure. right the situation. And you're like, oh, well, no, I was in the wrong, too. And then right. you kind of, like, have a bond moment. And I think, I think that happens with people, too, is other people, a lot of times in quick situations where tempers are, you know, people are irritated – they, a lot of people will go back and go, man, I shouldn't act like yeah. that. And and given time, instead of throwing gas on it, we're both able to go, my bad, you know, and go on. So, um, From a marriage standpoint, I can say that that's night and day today um, because now I can see my wrongs, you know, before, you know, sometimes whether I'm, I'm real quick to bring them to the table, you know, um, and, and acknowledge them right there off the bat – very quickly am I able to be like, you know what? I overreacted from that. You know, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, even even little stuff with kids, you know, coworkers. Uh, but but it's huge with coworkers these days, you know, because you're used to going from zero to 100 and you have a disagreement. And, you know, most of us are we're you know, we're we're stubborn. Right. So yeah. we're 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 not going to admit we were wrong. <laughs> You apologize to me, all right? Right. Uh, establish dominance. No, that's 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 not the case today, not at all. So it's actually a very good thing to be able to admit when I'm in the wrong today, rather than where I was before. Yeah, and sure. and that also comes with working the rest of the steps. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you get to step ten, and um, they have they talk about the spot check inventory and in step ten and all that stuff and. It's a good idea, you know, to practice that. And and I by no means am the perfect AA. I'm just not. Um, but I will tell you that I try to let everything go right that minute. You know, when it comes to the kids, my kids, you know, I can't sometimes. But even with uh, 
with counseling from my sponsor and, and reaching out to other men in AA, right? I uh, I, th- I think even with them, I, I can probably let it go within uh, two or three hours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it cannot dominate it. It it completely bogs down productivity. Sure. And, yes. And I don't mean to sound like Mister Productive or all this other stuff, but all of that stuff that I'm holding on to completely bogs down productivity. I mean, that this I, I rank it up there because it's a spiritual sickness. Right. It, it for me, right? And I rank it up there with those things like uh, the flu. Man, the flu can really put a bug in my day, and and I have been blessed in this life to care for people who depend on me. I have to be there. I don't have a choice. I can't roll over one morning and say, hey, you know, last night was too tough, or I watched the game. I, I don't have a choice in the matter, and I have to be there for the people that depend on me. And spiritual sickness is just another one of those I throw right off into the rest of it, right? I have to let it go right then. Even if I say, you know what, I got to let it go right now. God's going to take care of this. I have to move on. And there have been a couple instances within the past, I don't know, five years maybe, that it has really got to the point where I hung on to it, you know, and all of those are work-related. But I really hung on to it, and it affected. But it affected everyone, you know. And... um. I got a I got a text about noon today, you know. My granddaughter running 104.7 fever, oh, right? Man. And um and she's not the first grandkid. So, you know, the first grandkid everybody goes crazy about, you know, but she she's not the first grandkid, but I don't love her any less than I do my other my grandson who fell on the fireplace <laughs> Sunday night, busted his eye up, had to have oh. stitches. The whole shebang, right? ER He's in the ER, power's out at the store, 10, 15 people calling me. I got, you know, I'm the hub for information from from the store to everybody out in Neverland, you know. And um, But I got that text today about my granddaughter, and I immediately just looked at it. And the first thing I thought about was I might need to leave here and go straight to the hospital, which is, you know, they don't need me there. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> they do not need my services at the hospital, Okay. But my, my second reaction was, you know, God's going to take care of this. Little kids often run really high fevers. I remember that from whenever my kids were little. But God's going to take care of this. I'll take care of the business at hand. And then I'll check on my granddaughter and see what's going on and move forward, you know, with my whatever I've got to do, you know. And those kind of things are what bogged me down today. You know, the important stuff, you know, not the, not the stuff that's going to keep me spiritually sick like I'm pissed off. I've got to get over it. You know, I've, I've, I've had people piss me off at work, and they can tell. And they'll say, you're pissed, aren't you? And my answer is always, yeah, but I'm going to get over it. <laughs> and the minute I say that, I start to get over it. And that's God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself because I came to believe that he can. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing it ever since. And, it, you know, there ain't a whole lot going on in this. Once I lost all my hair, my thought process is – has really uh your you know, thoughts went with your hair there's nothing much to burn <laughs> off anymore so. i read the coolest thing today in one of my meditations um you know, it was talking about worry and doubt and how it's counterproductive to life and whatnot and um but it said if you're something to this effect that wasn't maybe these exact words but if you're managing your own life you should absolutely be worried absolutely and i'm like that hit home if i am 
controlling my own life, I'm controlling, you know, trying to control outcomes, all of it, then I absolutely should be worried. But if I turn it over to God. And he rewards the effort. You know what I mean? Like he, I feel like God knows if I'm making an effort to change my attitude or change. And that was something you asked me about going to a hundred. Here's the other one that I used to do and I don't do anymore. And I was just thinking about this. If one thing happened with one person, I was just machine gun everybody all the right. Way. I didn't care. Ble- Everybody's it, it in the crossfire. Every area Kids, of your life. Uh, wife, uh, owner, boss, employee, whatever it was, it didn't matter. It was like I was looking for something to burn the whole day to the ground. And like, I'm able to focus now, even when I'm stewing about something else, maybe that's going on that I'm trying to work through with other stuff going on and just handle that the way it needs to be handled. It just goes back to what Mike said about the productivity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 it it gets in the way of every bit of that, yeah. you know, because it's just sitting there festering. That's the one well, thing on your mind. If I am to be of maximum service to my fellow man and to God, I, one, have turned my will in my life over to the care of God. So he's got me. I don't need to be thinking about me 24-7. So if something comes along that causes me to think about me, I've got to change that so that I can – be of maximum service to God and my fellows. Now, that sounds really deep. Sounds really spiritual. It sounds like something, but but realistically, it's it's none of that. It's just a I've got stuff to do. I've got people to take care of. God has placed me in a position in life to where I am responsible these days. And I used to didn't be, you know. And if people aren't in this position or they're not responsible for a whole lot of human beings, there's no way, you know, a bus driver is responsible for a lot of human beings. Now, if they're pissed off at their spouse and they're like, I'm getting home right now, and they're running every single railroad track with your kids on there, okay, that's just a simple way of putting it. So, you know, and I hope that's not happening. No, no, no. I'm sure it don't. I'm sure it never happens, you know. But what I'm saying is it gets in the way of, of me doing what I'm supposed to be responsible for. So, uh, you know, I I, uh, I want to read something here out of the big book, if y'all don't mind. Is that okay, the big yeah, book? Yeah, I'm always. Y'all remember the big book, that thing yeah. we read back in the day? That the blue thing? That's three. Yeah. Um, and it says this. When we became alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis we could not postpone or evade, we had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? And that comes from we agnostics. And um, just around the table, group talk about what y'all think about that. I, mean, I firmly believe that, and I, like I said, I I learned it. I learned it. Uh, I don't want to say the hard way, but I mean, by by seeing the results, you know, and realizing um, there is a God, obviously, because there was no other way for me to just getting better in my own life with myself. You know, the only change in that was admitting, okay, there's somebody bigger than me, and I'm going to put some faith and action into like this relationship and see where that happens and so yeah absolutely i mean i mean for me it was accepting the depravity of my state and that powerlessness and oh shit if i continue down this path i am going to drink myself to death eventually might not be today may not be tomorrow or the fact that 
even if I put it down for three months, if I start back up again, I will eventually drink myself stupid or dead. And so it started there. And and the God I was serving was an idiot because it was me. And it was just, there is a God, I ain't it. So now let's investigate. And where do you go from there? And, you know, through meetings and allowing a sponsor to come into my life and give me suggestions and working those steps, I found God. And then, you know, in step 11, it goes further into now that you found him, or the God of your understanding and prove your conscious contact with them. And then that's when you go deeper into the, the spirituality of, of it, right? You get to, basically it was, we introduced you to God. Now, now, you know, form a friendship, form right. a relationship with him, go deeper, learn, you know, learn more. And, and, and again, these weren't overnight matters for me. This wasn't, this was a lot of overnights for me to like even come and I am not where I need to be by any means, but I am damn sure not where I started when I walked into the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous. Amen. Amen. So for me, it was, uh, you know, he is everything to me because had he not been, I I wouldn't have had, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be sober today. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't be sitting around this table right here uh, with you weirdos. I just wouldn't. There's no way it would. You think a year, happened. a little over a year ago, you'd be sitting doing a no, talking, no, absolutely yeah. not. No, no, I would cast on sobriety. I, I'd yeah. probably see Ernie up at Walmart trying to duck around. I'd be trying to sneak drinks, you know, so you know, and hide from him. You know, I just saw him at Cafe USA I yesterday. Seen him in a minute. Where has he been? Cafe USA yeah. yesterday was a spotting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely well, spotting. Ernie but, uh, spotting. Speaking of spotting, <laughs> I think you were working with a sponsee, but our other friend jay came into a meeting yeah he sent me a picture of, of bigfoot nice no but um uh but he, he's absolutely everything to me today because uh like i said i'm, I'm still sober i'm still doing the things that i, I never would have saw myself doing i mentioned a meeting the other day um I, don't know, I think it was thursday about just we're wrapping everything's up wrapping things up and i said you know really not just for the newcomers, but if you have three days of sobriety, three weeks, three months, three years, 30 years, whatever it be, just go back and reflect on, on your time and just your short period of sobriety. Uh, and, I mean, that's all God to me. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's 100% all God. And, and, and just to think, all I had to do was have just a little bit of willingness to believe that there was a power greater than myself. That And that had just changed everything for me. So... I'm a I'm a firm believer. So, what you got, Jill? Um, I mean, God is everything. God is everywhere. Yeah, and that's what I believe. Okay, keeping it simple. I like it. You know, I had a, a guy that you guys all know. He just had a year as well. Uh, he's been on here, Ben. We were talking when he came up on his year birthday, and I said, man, how do you feel? Like, it was the day of his birthday. We were at work, and I was like, how's it feel, dude? You know, like, just egging him on a little bit. <laughs> and he's like, man, I know everybody says I'm doing better and stuff, but I don't feel a lot different, you know? Uh, I, I mean, I know things are getting better. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, what about this person? And I named somebody that had about six months. And he goes, oh, yeah, man, look how far they've come. And I went, 
what about this person? Somebody had four months. He goes, dude, you remember when they came in, how bad they looked? And, and I was like, yeah. And I said, what about this person? They had like 10 months. And he goes, oh, man, they're doing great. And I was like, you're doing the same thing, bro. You yeah. just can't see it. Yeah. And he goes, I mean, I do feel better, you know. But it's, if you if you don't think it's working, look around you a little I while. I remember you know? the very first time that I heard him share. And he, it he was said – Pretty powerful. Still to this day, it was one of the most profound yeah. things that I've ever heard because he, he was talking honest. about how yeah. um, when he takes a drink, somebody else puts his shoes on and takes over his life. And I'm like, yeah, that it's is just pretty deep. Yeah, that was yeah, I mean, I just remember and I still remember that. And I was like that. That's a, uh, that, you know, that whole story with that guy was God doing things for him and to get kicked out of a house to lose your job for drinking to wreck your vehicle and like all the people around him that got rid of him that fired him from the job that kicked him out of the house and all that then they're calling their aa people going can y'all help this dude we really <laughs> like him he needs some help we had to fire him and kick him out of his house but we don't we hate for something bad to happen and i'm like we got it yeah. so and isn't that crazy i mean who who where else does that happen you know but uh and sure enough he he stuck with it, you know. But. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's some other folks in the program. And, I, you know, I went and visited my grandmother for a minute today. And, you know, some of the ladies that are in our group go to church with her. And I was just explaining, like, if you would have seen Michelle when she first got here. And I'm like, I mean, this is evidence of God. Like, she allowed God to come in her life. And she is a completely different person. And I think it's amazing. I just love stories like that. Just to see it and, you know, get a minute to kind of participate in it, too. And Hopefully yeah. in a positive way. And but. sometimes, though, I think as you go along, you you I lose sight of, like, the growth. You know, it's a little slower these days. And I think that's yeah. normal. Your, own, Y'all probably your own personal can, growth. Yes. Yeah. You guys probably can attest to that more as you go along. But there is growth, and things are getting a lot better. And I and I, lo- I I literally can tell you at five years, I absolutely love the way my life is today. I love it, man. I it's been a long road, but I'm just tickled. I'm tickled with the way everything's going. Uh, it's all in a good direction, but um, it just always for me that's the deal, man. Is sitting in meetings and somebody comes in two weeks in and they're just jacked up, and then they get a ninety day chip and they go, oh, I'm alive, you know, and then. That's that's God, man. That's all it is. I think for me, when I can, when I finally got to the point where I could be grateful for some of the things that I didn't get, that I just thought I absolutely had to have, or, or I could see where there was periods that like, okay, this this moment sucks, but on the other side of it, I could see exactly why it had to play out the way it did. A lesson or a blessing. And then you can be grateful for those things, yeah. even. My sponsor constantly reminds me of that. The big stuff that I labeled bad in quotations, he always goes, that had to happen, dude, to get you here today. That's what had to happen. I go, you're right. I know. And now I laugh about it. I'm like, I'm so glad that stuff happened, but I wasn't at the time. Yeah. I love how Joe says always, like, he tells a story about, you know, nothing's either good or it's so bad or bad. Like, if we we put labels on everything, but then he tells a story about the 
army people or the war or what? I, I love Joe V because one of my favorite lines, and this is talking about uh, sponsors uh, and not having your sponsor handy. And I was going through a divorce, and I've been married for 22 years. And Joe V's at a meeting one day, and I sit down beside him, and I'm just struggling. And I'm like, man, I'm going through a divorce. And he goes, really? How long have you been married? And I said, man, 22 years, you know. And I'm almost like crying. And Joe goes, I was married 22 years, too. And I was like, really? And he goes, yep, it just wasn't all to the same woman. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I was married 22 yeah. as well. So, um, But that segues pretty good into our next episode, which is going to be um, Chris. Actually, Chris C. here came up with this idea, and he shot me a text. And anybody that wants to hear a subject discussed um, on the show, please shoot me a text, send me an email, smoke signal, uh, however we can get information to me. But um, going to any link to get it, and um, and I think the important thing in that whole the whole phrase is the it going to any link to get it because if I'm a newcomer and I come into the rooms and I hear somebody, are you willing to go to any link to get it? And I'm like, what the hell is it? I got to start at the bottom. I got to get it. So that's what we're going to discuss on the next episode. Uh, appreciate everyone coming out and look forward to talking to you guys next week. For the Grouch and the Brainstorm, I'm Mike.